This episode of Ideas Have Consequences with Larry Alex Taunton is a full video documentary covering Larry's trip to the 2024 World Economic Forum annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland. If you want the full experience, go to youtube.com slash at Ideas Have Consequences. Enjoy the show. I was at this year's World Economic Forum meeting because I have learned from vast experience that there just simply is no substitute for being there. At their core, the World Economic Forum is about population control. They want to reduce the global population. And so I decided I needed to be there. I wanted to mingle among these people. I wanted to see what those people are about. Who are they? And because they just assume that I'm a weffer like everybody else, they talk quite openly. They never say things, they never use words like say, kill. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I've read Klaus Schwab's books. The carbon they want to reduce is you. You're the carbon they want to reduce. I will once again be attending this year's World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Now, you may ask, what is the World Economic Forum? Well, it was founded by the infamous Klaus Schwab, the German engineer in 1971. And since that time, he has been the sole chairman of the World Economic Forum. It's a place where heads of state gather. It is the global center of corporate fascism. It's some of the policies that you see affecting the West in a big way on everything from the environment to your own personal freedoms to digital tracking. Aujourd'hui, au bout de ça, on parle de plus qu'on pourra s'implanter. Ce sera quand ça? Certainement dans les dix années à venir pour des travaux manuels qui peuvent vraiment être un partenaire intellectuel de vous. You name it, it's coming out of the World Economic Forum. I'm in Zurich, Switzerland now, after a very very long trip. I had a, had a seven hour layover in London after a flight to Amsterdam was canceled. And so it took me a little while to get here, but here I am and I am now in a taxi on my way out to the WEF. There's nothing going on this evening. I'll just grab a hotel. Uh, it's about 20 degrees here and there's a light snow, but my driver here, he knows what he's doing. So we'll be in touch tomorrow. Gonna get a good night's sleep tonight. The early in sleep. Gotta get going anyway. Let's take a look out at the Switzerland at the window of my hotel here and uh, you catch these trains here you take them up to Davos and uh, not that far away time to get time to get ready last year there were oh let's see 116 billionaires um, about 50 heads of state 
600 CEOs of major corporations and about oh, 2,700 others, and I would say the numbers are even higher this year. So if you're of the opinion the WEF is irrelevant, then you would be mistaken because they have enormous influence on governments around the world. Indeed, Schwab likes to brag that they have penetrated uh, governments around the world. Didn't sleep very well, but I did get some coffee and a good breakfast and uh, now make my way up to Davos, which is about an hour away. The WEF is a kind of, oh, HOA from hell, as I like to say. These are individuals who are quite certain that it is their right to tell you how to live and what you should do on everything from the way you eat to the amount of energy that you use and the car you drive and even the kind of job that you might have. They are individuals who cannot bear the thought that someone somewhere is free, that someone somewhere their grass might be too high. They might be eating beef. They might be watching a, a program that isn't approved by the alphabet mafia, HOA from hell. The kind of perspective that I want to give you is a little different from perhaps what others are doing. 70% of the WEF is online. You can watch it yourself. So what we're doing is we're taking a look at what's taking place away from the major sessions and just engaging with ordinary people. I mean, honestly, it's almost like they were trying, trying very consciously to model their organization after Spectre, after Bond villains. You know, this reminds me, Klaus Schwab, you know, even, even kind of looks like Telly Savalas and on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And uh, I like him as his um, Alpine fortress. And that's where we're going. You notice the traffic is getting a little thicker. The automobiles are getting a little bit nicer as we get closer to the WEF. Right now, making our way up the mountain to Davos, and we are going through a security checkpoint here because you have uh, more than 60 heads of state at this particular event. Now, the WEF, again, it is a global gathering of pretentious pricks. I mean, that really is what it is. Uh, the, as I say, the HOA from hell. These are people who are all sure that they have a right to tell you how to live. Yeah, we're about to go through the checkpoint right here, right now, but we're making our way up the mountain. We'll be there in just a few minutes. It should be a very, very interesting day today. Today, it's my intention to engage with just WEF attendees. Now, why would I do that? Well, because those are the people who are really buying into what is being sold here at the World Economic Forum. They pay enormous sums of money to be a part of the WEF. Uh, you have to be a member, and then you have to pay conference fees, and those can get up well into six figures to do something like this. Now, now of course, I'm not doing it. I just show up and I walk into places like I own them. And so far, that's worked for me. Now, how long that will hold out, I don't know. But as I say, um, just sheer audacity can often 
can be a replacement for a lack of money when your when your pocketbook just simply isn't up to the task. So we're working our way up the mountain. We'll be there here shortly, and I'll try to update you as soon as I can. I just was rejected from one of the buildings that I tried to enter. You know, typically you can bluff your way into almost anything. Simply, this is a little pro tip for you. By acting like you are meant to be there, it's amazing how many places you can get into. But on this particular occasion, the place is so full, they're rejecting everyone from getting inside. Doesn't matter. We're still going to achieve what we came here to do. That was a great blessing in disguise because I walked straight out of that meeting, um, basically, uh, you know, maybe maybe a soccer field away and into another building where uh, the former prime minister of Portugal, the former prime minister of the UK, Theresa May, uh, the CEO of Hewlett Packard and Her Royal Highness uh, Princess Eugenie were giving a presentation on human trafficking. So I just went straight in. welcome you on behalf of God's House, who of course are a diverse community of business and political leaders, activists, NGOs and entrepreneurs who come together at significant global moments throughout the year with the mission of driving progress to achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals by 2030. Some of the details of what it's doing, but its prime aim is to raise the political momentum. As John says, to get the sort of people who are here in this room, but here elsewhere at Davos, to recognize that this is an issue they need to pay attention to. They need to ensure they've got the legislation. Companies need to take action, because the only way we're going to eradicate modern slavery is by working together. I went straight up to Theresa May and introduced myself and was able to ask her a number of very pointed questions, not rudely, but substantive questions about her presentation. I understand you, you ran into a Theresa May. She seems familiar. I think she was prime minister for about 22 minutes once, uh, not that long ago. Uh, and you had an opportunity to, to, to speak to her. Sat and listened to a lecture on human trafficking from Theresa May and others. And afterwards, I was able to have a conversation with her about her assertions you know, regarding Ukraine. Ukraine is a big theme here. Zelensky spoke today. And surprising to no one, he asked for, from these you know, 60 heads of state, for $54 billion. Oh, and he also asked them to topple Putin. And we need you in Ukraine to build, to reconstruct, to restore our lives. Each of you can be even more successful with Ukraine. Uh, Newsflash, uh, Zelensky isn't going to win. Zelensky isn't even going to be there. He'll flee to England or the United States to live for the rest of his life with a whole bunch of the money that we gave to him, is my guess. Now, something I would want you to understand um, about the WEF that you probably don't get when you are at home is that it, it feels to me kind 
kind of like one of those conferences that you were, seminars that you were required by your um, employer to go to, some kind of continued education, you know, um, nonsense, or a United Way meeting, or, or perhaps just a bad church. I mean, there's there's all these lofty platitudes and uh, warm, fuzzy words that they throw around, and this year's theme is rebuilding trust, which itself is kind of curious, given the fact that it was the World Economic Forum's attendees, their members, those people who are at the very top, who violated our trust in the first place, uh, specifically, uh, most notably, with the pandemic. And yet here they are, the ones who present themselves as the guardians of trust. We must rebuild trust, and that's actually the theme of our meeting. We have to rebuild trust. Trust in our future, trust in our capacity to overcome challenges, and most importantly, trust in each other. And then you had um, uh, the president of the European Commission, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, saying that um, the focus of the WEF, she said this yesterday, maybe it was the day before, that the focus of the WEF attendees is to address misinformation and disinformation. The top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate, it is disinformation and misinformation. She went on to say that that's more important to them than the environment, than war, than hunger, than agriculture. It was addressing this. But again, what the, the assumptions behind that is that we are the self-appointed guardians and arbiters of truth. The left has sort of been emphasizing the notion that truth is relative, that you cannot assert absolute truths. And yet suddenly that relativism of the past several decades appears to be chucked out the window and the left is now asserting that this is true, basically what we say is true, what they say is true, and any rival view is either misinformation or disinformation. Yeah, ex exactly, Dinesh. Um, I think they still are in the business of relativizing truth, all truth except those that are important to them. So the result is that they've recreated, in a sense, the Roman pantheon. Uh, you know, you can believe what you want to believe. Hey, we'll we'll put your gods in our in our uh, God Hall of Fame. Yeah, you can worship that too. Um, they they want to relativize everything, but everyone must worship the state that is to say the super state that they would create the the globalist uh, vision which they have cast for themselves and and so it was in in roman times of course as you well know relativize all truths but everyone must acknowledge the absolute truth of the state and see they see themselves as the arbiters of truth i mean for the the year of the um president of the european commission um ursula von der leyen to say that they're addressing misinformation and disinformation, which in and of itself is, is Orwellian doublespeak, it also implies that they're the arbiters of truth. I mean, we're the ones who will decide what is truth. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not about the protection of free speech. They free, see free speech as toxic, uh, but they want to protect their own free speech. Uh, what they what they're really taking aim at in this case is social media, not just any social media, because they're all controlled by weffers, with the exception of Twitter. 
they want to shut it down. They want to shut down. They want to shut down people like me, and they're already doing it in, in a number of ways that I won't get into here. But it is important that you get on our mailing list so that we can communicate with you, uh, independent of any other social media platform that will make us uncancelable. So we need you. We really, really need you to do that. But the left. Say again, it's like going to something that your employer would require you to go to. Way back, you know, when I was in the academic world, I would be sent, you know, once a year, you'd have to go to some kind of seminar that would be about some kind of topic like, uh, oh, let's say, uh, you know, finding commonality, celebrating diversity. I was one that I remember uh, attending some years ago. It's complete nonsense. Uh, but again, you have the lofty slogan. So rebuilding trust is one of them. Uh, another one, sort of a sub-slogan or theme of this year's web was, uh, let's see, it's transparency, um, accountability, and consistency. All things that they don't do. I mean, there's no accountability for these people. They're absolutely, I've never seen anything like it when elected officials, and many of these people are elected, many of them are not. But they show absolute disdain and disregard for the people who elected them, or at least the people they represent, even if they didn't vote for them. This is a neck and neck race, and no one feels very comfortable on the Democratic side of things that Donald Trump isn't going to be the next president. Well, I don't think that nobody feels. I think many of us know that it's impossible uh, for him to be the president again. We're seeing that with the Democratic Party in the United States. And that's curious to me because that's always a sign that the fix is in. When you're going into an election year and you're treating your constituents, voters, so badly, you would only do that if you knew that the fix was in. And that's the kind of thing that we're seeing here at the WEF. But I want to give you a sense of, of of how the week flows and what it's like. I mean, it's interesting because most of the presentations, you have central presentations, but then you have surrounding it loads of other presentations. And they might be on things like, let's say, um, farming, uh, or on, um, you know, media, or on conflict resolution, or dealing with stress, or immigration, or in the case of Theresa May, uh, human trafficking. I mean, things that for the most part, you wouldn't object to. And that's because it's kind of like that final scene at um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, you know, the you chose poorly, you know, scene, where the Holy Grail is disguised by all of these fake grails. A good thing is surrounded by all of these bad things, the bad things that will kill you and one of them will give you life. Except in this case, it's the inverse. It is it is the bad thing that is being disguised by, by relatively good things. And see, the WEF, is, the WEF is clever about this because they have lots of presentations on loads of benign topics, what you wouldn't find particularly interesting, but you wouldn't find particularly objectionable. But that's their way of hiding what they're actually about. And that's because the WEF, again, if you, if you 
understand nothing else from what I'm telling you here. The WEF is fundamentally anti-human. They are not about saving or really even helping humanity, even in, in, in spite of all of the things that they say. They are about saving the planet. Depopulation. Does that sound like some sort of wild conspiracy theory to you? Well, listen to these World Economic Forum agenda contributors. So in the session we just attended here at the Economic Forum, I think there was a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that, that others are reluctant That's my to trouble. bring up. <laughs> Always. <laughs> All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls. I want less on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> It may look like there are many problems, but actually there's only one problem. We are nice, but we are just too many. This we need to understand. Believe me, it is much easier to control human population than human aspirations. You cannot control human aspirations. You can easily control human population if everybody is focused on that. The nations, the religions of the world, various community leaders, everybody, if they are focused on seeing how to bring down the population of this planet, human population, so that other populations can live. You have some thoughts about population as a driver beneath all of these things that we're talking about. Um, what should be done about population? For a long time it was considered politically incorrect to even mention it and most of the big uh, conservation organizations refused to mention it. But I always thought, I mean, you see what happens in the old days. There were cultures in a lot of these indigenous people and you had lots of children because they looked after you in your old age and you shared out the land. But now it's different and they know it's different. And that's why there were bare hills all around Gombe. So we, we've introduced in our program, we've introduced family planning, so welcomed by the people because they know that things are different. And of course this administration is cutting family planning around the developing world, which is terrifying to me. And so if you approach family planning right, it's something that's very, very important. And when it was considered politically incorrect to mention it, and I was determined to mention it, I decided to call it voluntary population optimization. So by the time people worked it out. <laughs> and research shows educating girls is one of the yeah, smartest I things. I meant to say that, yes, indeed. Women's education, empowering women and scholarships to keep girls in school beyond puberty. Family size then tends to drop worldwide. But in one way or another, we are so far, globally, we are so far above the population and the consumption levels which can be supported by this planet that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a a civil way, I, uh, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way, I, peaceful. Marxo-fascism, that's really what it is. I mean, 
Marxism at the lowest level of, of society and then fascism at the top, meaning at the bottom there's a, there's a kind of, you know, you will own nothing and you will be happy, and then at the top where um, you have individuals who have strictly regimented the economy and companies and corporations for warfare against the common man. That's what ESG is. That's what we're seeing in ESG. It is it is pulling in all the reins of um, of various companies from Disney all the way over to, um, say, Coca-Cola or uh, you know anything in Hollywood, universities, you name it. So that they they are all in the hands. The reins of these companies are all in the hands of globalists, and they do their bidding, and their bidding is to make war on the anti-globalists, people like me. Now, yesterday, and probably you, now yesterday, the headliner was Javier Malai, who is the, the new president of Argentina, and I should say just a little bit about that, because people are wondering, well, first of all, why would he go? Well. If you get the invite to go in and speak to these elitist pricks, I would urge you to go. You definitely should go. Try to get in front of them. Give them a piece of your mind. And that's exactly what he did. And of course, we are all eager uh, to listen to you. And again, a very cordial welcome to the World Economic Forum. afternoon. Thank you very much. Today I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is endangered because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us, Argentines, to testify to these two points. Some people have suggested silly things like he's controlled opposition or something like that. I think that's complete nonsense. Malai, <laughs> interesting. You know, he's an economist, and he's, he's a guy that they alternately portray as a nut job uh, and a clown and a demagogue of, of some sort. I don't think he's anything of the kind. 
um, true to his populist roots, he flew to Davos, or rather to Zurich, I'm sure, on, uh, on a commercial airliner. So here he is, you know, taking selfies with, you know, to just you know, your average passengers, you know, on this particular plane. And then he went and he gave his presentation. He treated it with the solemnity of a statesman. But he basically uh, told them, look, you guys take your globalist, elitist uh, uh, policies, which, by the way, have history has shown wrecked half the world and now threatened to wreck the other half of it. Take it and stuff it because we don't want it. Argentina doesn't want it. And, and he's become a kind of populist rock star, not just for Argentinians, but elsewhere. But some people watch this and they go, oh, wow, you know, he really stuck it to the WEF. Listen, the WEFers got from him exactly what they knew they were going to get. Just as they knew when they invite Elon Musk or they invite Donald Trump, they know what they're going to get. But you see, it's their way of, of trying to give the impression we're listening to dissenting voices because we are, above all else, we are eminently reasonable. But they're, they're reasonable in that patronizing, condescending way of a government official at the DMV. I mean, they're not listening. If, if, <laughs> that's point number two. If you get nothing else from what I say here, the WEF is fundamentally anti-human. And secondly, they are listening to no one but to each other, which is to say that they're just simply, you know, in kind of a vacuum. Yesterday, I was doing an interview with Daily Wire and was asked uh, a very good question. Do I think, do I think the WEF is aware that they have a oh, a PR problem and that, that more and more people are waking up to who they are and what they're about? Are they nervous about that? My answer to that is no. I don't think they're remotely nervous about it, and that's because they see themselves, and there's truth in this, that the people who are waking up and dissenting with their agenda are, generally speaking, not people in power. They're, they're commoners. They're common people. It's why they have sought to demonize the word populist. Uh, the way the media uses the word populist is to suggest that it's fascism, that it's Nazism. The irony is they're the fascists. Not, not the populace. Populism is just, it's just common people. It's just a movement, a grassroots movement of common people. And that can be good or that can be bad. That can be rioting or that can be the American Revolution. You know, so uh, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag, but it just simply means a movement of ordinary people. And, and guys like Giorgia Maloney in Italy, uh, women, I should say, uh, like her, Javier Malai in Argentina and Donald Trump, all represent populist movements. And there are others that are taking place around the world. I mean, as I speak, in uh, uh, all over Europe, you have an uprising of farmers who are, who are um, standing up and saying enough is enough. It's like the Canadian truckers. It's like January 6th, which has been characterized, uh, mischaracterized as some kind of riot uh, and an, an attempted insurrection, which of course it wasn't. It's just some people saying, listen, listen to us. Would you please listen to us? We don't like the policies that you are implementing and that you are forcing down on the rest of us. And who are those people? They're the kind of people that I just left behind in Davos at the World Economic Forum. They're so detached 
from real life. They do not know what life is like for ordinary people. Many of them have been in, in government, like John Kerry, for decades. So they just don't have any clue what life is like for ordinary people. And worse, they don't care. So what does the WEF fear? I definitely come away from the World Economic Forum feeling like there are two things that they fear um, with a kind of mortal danger they, they see as, uh, as the only things that can interrupt their plans. And, and interestingly, those two things have only one thing in common. They are not alike, but they only have only one thing in common. And that's Donald Trump on the one hand, and it is Vladimir Putin on the other. As I sit and I listen to the Weffers in Davos, they're not offended, not really, by the fact that Vladimir Putin is a tyrant, he's a dictator. They're not offended by the fact that he rigs elections. I mean, these are all things they do. They're not offended by any of that at all. They're offended by the fact that he is not on board with the globalist agenda. And that is why they are prepared to fight him to the very last Ukrainian. That's what they're that's what they're prepared to do. That's why they feel the need to topple him, because he stands in the way of their plans. Now, this doesn't mean you, you should be a Vladimir Putin fan. You shouldn't. Uh, he's a dictator. But in this regard, I'm with him. I agree with him on, on this point. But not to the point that I'm I'm on board with Vladimir, Vladimir Putin, who is unquestionably a tyrant. But what's fascinating about Putin is that he recognizes in all these weffers their corruption because it's who he is. I mean, it's, it's a thief recognizing another thief. It's a criminal recognizing another criminal. And they recognize it in him, too. And that brings me to Donald Trump. They want to make him look like he's a criminal. Uh, but what offends them about him is that Donald Trump was one of them in the sense that here he is, you know, with this with his background. He's a he's a billionaire, um, a New Yorker, New Jersey, a uh, businessman, blue state. Uh, one time he supported financially candidates like Bill and Hillary Clinton, uh, not particularly pro-life, in my opinion, although his policies are by far the most pro-life policies of any president in modern history. No, none of that stuff offends them about him. Not his, not his sex life. They, they'll say that it is. That's not what offends them either. What offends them about him is that he is not on board with the globalist agenda. And therefore, both Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin, they fear them both, and they feel the need to destroy them both. That is what's going on. But at the WAF, because they are reasonable above all things, they would happily give a, um, a session, the stage, to a Donald Trump very brief, briefly, and to a Javier Malai and a Georgia Maloney, to people like this, to show just how reasonable they are. So next time I check in with you, maybe at the airport, probably 
will be in London, where I'm hoping it's a much better hotel. I basically stayed in a motel here, door open to the outside. The walls were very thin. I could hear everything that was going on next to me. And I'm sure, you know, if nothing else exposed me as a, you know, as a kind of mole at the web, it was the fact that I had to do most of my interviews, my television interviews from my hotel room, because uh, there was nowhere else really for me to do it. And because the walls are thin, I'm sure there were people listening to absolutely everything that I was saying. Just a few thoughts for you as I reflect on my time at the forum. There are a few things you can only get from the experience by being there. There's, I've always found there's no substitute for actually being in a place. As you know, if you go to a sporting event or concert, the experience is very different than if you were watching it online or just listening to it on your iPod. Well, in the case of the World Economic Forum, one of the things that you certainly cannot get from watching it online is the fact that the forum has a kind of quality that to me, and some will say that this is an extreme comparison, but you, you have to be there, that to me feels a little bit what I imagine the Nazi rallies in Nuremberg must have felt like in the 1930s. I mean, it has the same kind of, oh, worshipful neo-pagan ethos. You know, doing my interview with Dinesh D'Souza, he was asking me, you know, is, you know, what is the ethos like? Well, it is a, it is a shared one and it's pagan in nature and it's completely unified to the point that it's, it's almost like Stepford. It's as though no one really questions the agenda. They've all bought into it on everything from vaccines to depopulation to the end of industrial farming, all of it. And, uh, and I find that very unsettling because there needs to be people who are asking the hard questions and who are very seriously evaluating what's going on there. And it feels to me like almost no one really is. Now, I should say that there are others there, like, say, Rebel News. And I really appreciate their work. Now, their approach is exactly the opposite of mine. They want to make their presence felt as strongly as possible at the forum. Their harassment of John Kerry was just simply awesome. I loved it. Now, for my own part, I want to go essentially unnoticed at the forum. Excuse me, ladies. And uh, to move really unseen among them that I might really question the agenda. But that's not an easy thing to do at a place like Davos. Running across Piccadilly. <laughs> Um, those are just some thoughts for you about the World Economic Forum and the, the experience of actually being in that place. I want to thank those of you 
for listening or watching, who are supportive of my work. You make these things happen. You make it possible. So I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for your prayers. Listen, all of you take care.